Welcome to the e-commerce lab by Ecomsi. This is the place for everything related to Amazon private label and e-commerce. Learn exactly what you need to start or scale your business. Get insights from the top industry experts who will discuss the latest trends and best practices in the world of Amazon. From choosing products and sourcing from a supplier to setting up your Amazon account and marketing your business, you will hear it here. Let's get started. Here is your host, Vincenzo Toscano. Welcome to another episode of the Commerce Lab by Ecomsi. My name is Vincenzo Toscano, founder and CEO of Ecomsi. And today we bring you, as every Tuesday at 5 p.m., another session of, of questions and answers. It's basically a session that we use this space to answer all the questions we usually receive the week prior to the session, and also to answer all your questions during the live session if anybody wants to jump on. So before we get started uh, with today's session, as I do every week, I want you to re to remind you that last, actually yesterday, we just dropped a new episode with Cassandra Craven. And this episode is actually around the new event that Helium Time is going to drop in out in September, which is this uh, Sale and Scale Summit. It's going to be in Vegas. So it's going to be a lot of speaking a lot of networking a lot of partying and definitely you you can miss it out so actually on that video that we drop on the youtube um our podcast channel we also uh, giving a discount for all our audience if you wanna uh, basically meet us there i'm gonna be myself there at the event and yes i'm pretty sure you're gonna have a nice time if you can basically make it to this amazing uh, summit awesome so before um, we jump also into today's questions, uh, I also want to make sure uh, to remind to everybody jumping to to today's session that um, basically every Thursday we're going to be dropping also similar sessions. So also for the Spanish community, the reason why I keep mentioning this is because sometimes we we have a friend, we have a family member that want to jump into the Amazon space. They might be looking for some kind of content into in Spanish, Spanish language. So basically, if that's the case, yeah, feel free to share that with them. And it's going to be every Thursday at 5 p.m. GMT time UK, right? Awesome. So let's get started with the questions that we have a lot of them today. I'm going to make sure to answer them, all of them in as much depth as possible. And for sure, if you're looking at this right now in live, don't be shy. Feel free to jump in, ask any question. This is the purpose of this. Uh, sessions but if by any chance you can make it or maybe you need to drop off very early uh, you can just leave the questions i'm gonna make sure we cover them on on the next session okay awesome so i'm gonna start bringing some of the questions uh, to the screen and let's get started with today's questions and answers so i think the first question of the day will be what is the difference between normal broad and broad modifier Okay, this is actually the first time I get this question. Very good question. This regarding for everybody uh, hearing for the first time what is broad modifier. It's just the way you target a keyword within your PPC campaigns. So the main difference and broad modifiers in order for you to identify if you have this kind of keyword within your campaign or not, usually you're going to have a plus, plus sign before the keyword on your PPC campaigns. 
So basically the huge difference between broad and broad modifier is that when you use broad just as broad, the traditional broad match campaigns, usually what may happen is that when you start basically running the campaign, you might start displaying your ads and getting traffic from keywords that are related, but it's not exactly that keyword or that keyword is not contained within the phrase itself. So what is the solution that broad modifier brings to the table? Basically, let's say that you wanna make sure that specific keyword is always within your phrase or the keywords that your broad campaigns is exploring, you're gonna put a plus sign in front of that keyword. And this is gonna basically allow you to make sure that that keyword is always within the keyword that the broad campaign is exploring for you. So you may ask yourself why this is important. Let's say, for example, you're selling a, a product that's made of a specific material, right? So let's say, for example, you're selling this cup, right? Um, this cup is made of ceramic, right? Which is a material. And you also have the white color, which is basically the specific variation of this product. So within your broad modifier keywords, what you can do is to make sure that within all the new keywords that you might want to explore, which maybe you didn't discover by the traditional tools, by using Helium 10, by using um, basically Songuru, Jungle Scout, uh, Brand Analytics, all the other tools out there, Sometimes the realities we can't really find all the keywords, uh, maybe because of the filters we're using, or sometimes the software just can't identify those terms. And this is where Bro Modify can be very powerful because let's say you wanna keep exploring extra keywords, but at the same time be very methodical and make sure you don't overspend Right, because broad, broad campaigns, if you're not careful, guys, it can be super, super expensive. It can drain your budget so much, and you need to be very careful of this. So broad modifier brings this solution to the equation, which for example, as the example as us working with the cup, if you're selling something made of ceramic and a specific color, in this case, white, you can have ceramic and white as a broad modifier and any other keyword that is derived from that is gonna always include those. So that's gonna allow you to make sure that at least the extra search terms you find are strictly related to your product characteristics and you're gonna avoid wasting money maybe in red, which is not color you're selling or a cup made of glass, etc. right? So hopefully that answers uh, your question, okay? So let's see which other question we got here in the system. So next question is, what is the uh, search query performer report? Yeah, so this uh, search query performer report is actually something new. Uh, it's actually on beta right now. And the way you're gonna get access to the search query performance report is by having your brand registered with Amazon, right? So just as I've been explaining across all or basically sessions, in order to have a brand registered with Amazon, you need to have a trademark. And basically once you register your brand with Amazon, you're gonna get access to all these tools uh, which one of them is the search query um, performance report. So what is the search query perform performance report? Basically a search query performance report, basically a, a, a report which I strongly believe is, gonna, is a game changer and we use it that a lot on a daily basis with the brand we manage because now basically we can understand which are the keywords that are performing the best for our products. We can understand the impressions, we can understand the clicks, we can understand the car ads, we can understand the orders, we can understand our brand dominance on each specific keyword, and we can understand the dominance at each specific event and make decisions based on that, right? So for example, if we are identifying a keyword that we're having a ton of impressions, right? Ton of impressions by having low a amount of clicks, low amount of other cards or sets, we understand that on that specific key a keyword, 
we are not converting very well, then we need to understand on that keyword if that's something to do with the pricing, that's something to do with design, that's something to do with the competition. And basically, this is just one small example of the ton of things you can do with the search query performance report, because for the first time ever, Amazon is telling you specifically which keyword is performing for your product, right? So it's telling you which keywords are bringing the, the traffic, which keywords are bringing the add to cars and the orders, which if you know how to combine that data uh, on a methodical way, you can also take decisions at the advertisement level and make sure you take full advantage of what, it, what um, when it comes to understanding the data and making sure you are using that efficiently um, budget-wise, okay? So I see this next question is very similar. This is the search catalog performance report. So the search catalog performance report, it, one of the main difference between the search query performance report and the search catalog it, a report basically this one is at the product level right and a keyword level is going to tell you how the product is performing at the on the funnel right so the funnel basically you're going to have the impressions you're going to have the clicks you're going to have a a car app, card ads and you're going to have purchases right so you're going to understand all your specific products you can do this on a weekly basis you can do this on a monthly basis you can do this if i'm not mistaken on a quarterly basis and you can understand how your product is performed at each independent funnel and you can take also strategic decisions based on this because just as the example i did with a search query performance report with the search catalog performance report if for some reason you identify that you're getting a lot of uh, impressions as well right but you are not converting in terms of clicks add to cards or you're getting actually a lot of clicks and you're not getting them a lot of a uh, car ads and then purchases you definitely have a conversion issue as well so these tools are very powerful because it's a easy way to understand what is happening at the product level with the search catalog performance report and, and a keyword level with the search query performance report and then we can also use this for optimization for example you can optimize your listing on the keywords you identify for each specific product you can also take decision on advertisement campaign like for example if you identify a keyword that you keep having the highest amount of brand share on that keyword you may say okay i want to deal down a bit on advertising on this keyword and actually redistribute my budget toward the keywords that i keep generating a add to cards and in clicks but not generating enough purchases maybe you want to explore getting a higher control when it comes to brand a share control on those keywords so these are just some of the examples of course they can this can go much deeper this some some part of the a strategic decision we do here at the company we use these reports to understand how your brand is performing how your pros are performing and then understanding with those keywords how we can take the strategic um decision about how to move forward with uh, everything that we do on your accounts okay so yeah definitely check those two reports i think one report uh, as well i would like to merge a uh, mention is a repair purchase behavior this one is also super important guys and now it's actually part of the, uh, the portfolio of new reports they're also bringing it's called repair purchase behavior report and basically this also tells you uh, the percentage of people that basically buy your product repurchase your product so why you want to understand this because then if you find a lot of people is repurchasing your product i mean for some reason you don't have a subscribe and save option you may find out that because you're getting a lot of people is coming back to you you may offer a save and subscribe offer then you can also understand if for some reason your product people is not coming back to you there is definitely something wrong there and the experience you're getting especially if it's something that definitely need to be purchasing constantly because of course if you're selling let's say 
I don't know, you're selling a keyboard, right? A keyboard is something you're going to buy maybe once every two, three years, right? That, it makes sense you're not going to have repeat purchase behavior. But if you're selling something like, for example, a supplement and your repeat purchase behavior is low, that's definitely of a red flag that you need to sort on your product, okay? Awesome. So let's bring the next question to the page. Which percentage should I use for top of the search modifier? So for top of the search modifier, uh, usually this is going to vary also significantly on the performance and how your keywords have been performance in the past, right? So uh, I'm going to put you a quick example. Uh, basically, if you identify that a keyword, right, is being performing always regardless of the modifier so let's say you have a campaign that have zero percentage modifier on top of the search and then a, a product pages and you see that top of the search keep performing usually what you want to do is you want to start incrementally increasing the percentage the modifier to start diverting more of the budget towards top of a top of the search right than product pages so the issue here that this is why actually on on the previous a, a call i was always emphasizing the amount of keyword you should have on a campaign on a campaign guys you should have no more than three to five keyword maximum and in fact we actually prefer to have most of the time one keyword when you start actually focusing on your top keywords with the biggest search volume because what is going to happen is that if you have a lot of keywords within a single campaign and you start getting sales and data in terms of placement positioning on that campaign it's going to be difficult for you to segment which keyword is actually the one performing top of the search for that specific campaign so in that scenario if you actually want to control the placement location modifier at a keyword level the only way for you to do that is to have a single keyword per campaign right if you do that you're going to have full control of a keyword you're also going to make sure that the search volume and the demand for a specific keyword doesn't basically uh, eat the budget and the potential traffic that lower per, uh, search volume keyword can get and it's going to make it much easier for you to experiment with the percentage modifier when it comes to steps you can take in terms of increasing the modifier usually we do it between 10 and 20 percent steps then we wake a few days see how it performs and then keep increasing it until a point that we can find a balance between expenses and performance next question do you use misspelling keywords in ppc yes actually when it comes to ppc not just misspelling actually and this especially in the usa i mean this is gonna vary uh, on on the country for sure but for example in the usa something that we do a lot besides the misspelling is also spanish keywords uh, so the misspelling first the misspelling yes it's a good way uh, to target when it comes to ppc campaigns because there are sometimes spelling mistakes that amazon is going to normalize the keyword and it's still going to consider as the normal keyword right so this is very easy to find out like for example if you go right now to amazon and you type a spelling mistake you're going to find that sometimes on on it's going to appear a, a, a small blue line saying search results showing for this specific keyword and most of the time that keyword is the basically a corrected keyword that amazon is correcting for you because you're using a spelling mistake so usually you want to advertise on keywords that the spelling mistake is really significant uh, like a big spelling mistake that most of the time Amazon is not going to autocorrect the search results because otherwise most people is not going to land on those keywords. So that's the first thing. 
but yes if you identify those keywords that are, the spelling mistake is huge which sometimes you can with a, a specific uh, tools like for example helium 10 or sometimes not even spelling mistake uh, guys also is a slam right so basically what i mean by that is keywords are very informal people uh, keywords that maybe people use in specific areas of the country specific cities things like that those for sure can be also be beneficial if your product is basically a within those a type of languages that sometimes people use to find that specific product that's the misspelling then the spanish the spanish is also super important i mean and this is something that vanessa Hong talks a lot when it comes to optimizing your listing you need to make sure that you take consideration spanish i mean i don't remember right now the figures but the spanish community in the usa is huge I mean, it's millions and millions we're talking here. And a lot of people, the reality is that when they go to USA, some some of these people don't even speak uh, English. I mean, I have family, for example, in Florida, in Miami, and they, they, they haven't really talked English in years because those are areas where Spanish is super dominant. And why do I bring this uh, story to my point? It's because a lot of these people, when they keep shopping on Amazon, they just write in Spanish and they hope to basically find the product they're looking for. And the reason why I know this is because sometimes when I was there, just for curiosity, I was having a look up, uh, for example, uh, my auntie, my uh, grandmother and, and things to see how they were shopping. And they're writing in Spanish on the search by using the English uh, normal website, right? So this basically shows you how if you're not fully optimizing basically you're listening for spanish you can missing out on a lot of sales now. awesome so let's see which other question we got in here what things can make a make me lose the buy box so when it comes to losing the buy box one of the number one things that usually makes you a have this issue is the pricing if you suddenly increase the price a lot basically amazon because of price protection they're gonna suppress your buy box so that's why if you are basically you want to increase your price over time we advise to do maybe one dollar maximum per week until let's say your your goal is to reach five dollars time usually it's going to take four or five weeks to reach there to make sure you don't get suppression of the buy box because basically what you want to do is you want to start building history in terms of new pricing uh, points of new orders so amazon doesn't trigger a buy box suppression where you increase your price right so this is the first thing the second thing make sure that you always have your bandwidth prices a sign so i'm talking about the minimum price and the maximum price if you don't have this assigned you may also have issues with buy box because if you leave this empty then amazon may basically define your minimum and maximum price over time and it might then difficult for you to understand which are these bands to then make sure you can retake your buy box right then other things that can suppress your buy box other things that can suppress your buy box which is actually i was having a meeting today with a client and we we're having an issue with the buy box and we identified that the issue is was the order defect rate so the order defect rate went over about one percent and when you go about one percent your buy box also gets suppressed right so that's why it's not always a an issue that is a, at the price level it's also performance level so order defect is one of them then you have for example the uh, late shipment uh, rate a pre-fulfillment cancellation order there are many other metrics which if you want if you want me to give you an exhaust list of all of them send me an email because it's, it's big 
it's not just pricing and uh, order defect. But yes, so many other factors can play a, a big role here when it comes to suppression. But the big ones usually is always the, um, the issue with the pricing and then things with the order defect. So check those two and most likely you should find the issue there. How do I know if I have a fully optimized listing? <laughs> yeah, good question. Uh, I mean, when it comes to fully optimized listing, to be honest, it's tricky, right? Because, um, I mean, we all, it's difficult to know if you're doing uh, the perfect keyword research because every single person have their own method, every single person have their own uh, methodology, software tools, reporting, etc. So the first thing I would advise you to do is to fully understand how to do keyword research. So watch trainings. I mean, there's a ton of training out there. Uh, for example, Helium 10 will give you training about how you can use Cerebral to find the keywords. Um, and one tool that we actually recommend a lot uh, is Datadice. So this for sure is for more experimental people. This tool is from Brandon Young. Um, and this tool is super amazing, I, I must say for sure, because this tool, what it does is it combines Helium 10 and then it gets the, the data from Helium 10 and it allows you to identify the relevancy. Relevancy means when a keyword is constantly repeated organically among your competitors and within the advertising campaigns. And then you can understand if a queue is repeating, rep, being repeated across multiple competitors, that for sure is an important keyword for you to have. So. You want to understand all this, how to make sure you filter by search volume, how you filter by relevancy, how you filter by keywords that are in page one. And then once you understand this, when it comes to fully optimizing your listing, uh, there are also tons of tools that can allow you to understand, for example, if you are covering the full spectrum of your search volume. So for example, if you're talking about Helium 10, you have the listing optimizer tool, you put basically your bank of keywords and it tells you if you are meeting the score in terms of search volume and the criteria of the listing. Then for example, with Datadai, it also tells you if you're covering your keywords in your title, bullet points, search terms and description, if you're calling as an exact, as a broad, as a phrase, and it's also give you a score. So those two are already an example how you can know if you have a fully optimized listing. Uh, and then for example, if you're using tools uh, such as one of a new partners, Copy Monkey, if you wanna combine some kind of AI for writing your listings, the same, it tells you the uh, basically how much search volume and the same with Sunguru. Sunguru also keywords on fire, it's an amazing tool for finding keywords and also to optimize uh, your listing and tells you your performance against your competition. So I already gave you four examples of how you can find food, make sure you have a fully optimized listing. At the end of the day, it's all based down to your taste and what you want to implement uh, based on, on your methodology for your Amazon business, right? Awesome. So regardless of my bids, I'm not getting clicks. Why? So most likely, I'm going to give you a breakdown of what it must be the issues. And if you check this, most likely you should find the solution. Number one, make sure that the node of your listing is exactly what is uh, your competition is having. If you have a node that is not within the same category, like let's say you're selling pets, is a toys and you are within the baby category that's going to give you suppression when it comes to advertising second thing make sure your product is indexing very easy use an indexing tool such as the one from helium 10 you index uh, basically your main keywords that you're advertising run an index tool and see if you're indexing if you're indexing that shouldn't be the issue and the third one which is usually the the issue and most people don't think that's the issue because 
the realities we don't want to believe in is that the bids are much higher. So sometimes you may find $2, you're not getting click $3. And sometimes we increase to $4 and we start getting clicks. So then you start understanding, okay, the CPC is around $3, $3.5. So that's the reality, guys. Some of the keywords CPC is super high. You need to keep increasing bids until you start getting impressions. And I think another extra tip I would add in here is make sure that if the queue is not getting any impression of clicks, you segmentate this keyword into their own campaign, right? Create another manual campaign, the keyword by a, on its own as an exact match, and just add budget to that keyword and see if the keyword after doing all the checkpoints I already mentioned performs. Usually when you all check all the things I already mentioned and then you also move a keyword into the own campaign, you should start seeing it performing and not having any further issues with that. Awesome. So last question of the day, how uh, to do Amazon PPC for products with multiple colors? Okay. Mm. This one actually is attached similar to what we call the broad match modifier. And I'm going to give you briefly a walkthrough of how you do PPC with variations. So usually the first thing that you want to do is you want to try to identify which is your best seller or could be your potential best seller when it comes to the variation, right? In this case, color. The best way to know this is to, I'm pretty sure you already did your market analysis because that's why you selected this product. Once you identify this is the reason behind you selecting this product, what I basically will do from there is try to say, okay, I want to take the risk and put more budget towards this color. That is one methodology. And there are methodologies just to go full blast with your all the colors at once. So if you decide the first method, very simple, you're going to have a campaign that's going to be strictly towards that specific variation, which is in this case, uh, let's say you're selling a cup, a white cup, you want to hide those keywords specifically segmented to a white cup. And you also want to target some of your main generic keywords that also are relevant to cup. That's one strategy. The second strategy, if you want to target multiple variations at once, you want to make sure you identify all your main keywords that are generic without any variation of the actual color in this case, like cup, cup for a coffee, cup for um, work, etc or the ones that relate to your thematic, and then make sure you add the modifier, in this case, the extra keyword to reflect your variation. In this case, white, a, let's say cup, a white cup, red cup, a blue cup, etc. And you're going to have different keywords modified with the color variation. And therefore, you're going to have keywords that are not going to overlap because you're going to target just the specific variation. And then you make sure you negate basically the keyword from one another. So the blue cups don't advertise on white cups, red cups, and etc. So this one is usually the best approach when it comes to advertising multivariations. I mean, these can go much deeper in terms of other strategies with product targeting, sponsor brands, and things like that when you want to vary a big catalog of variations. But realistically, for most people, usually those are the first two scenarios you're going to usually be implementing, either selecting a hero variation of color that you have identified based on your market research or maybe your performance for other businesses or the second approach of basically scaling your PPC across your multiple colors but making sure the keywords are tailored towards their specific variation uh, that you're trying to advertise so you don't waste and they don't compete all in the same generic main keywords okay awesome so I think that was the last uh, 
question of the day. Um, I'm gonna make sure that if we receive any other questions during the day and during the week, we go in the next session. So thank you very much for everybody joining us today. Remember that all these session guys are gonna be registered and they're gonna be uploaded to all our platforms. So don't worry if you drop early or you just arrive late, you're gonna see the uh, basically the recording afterwards. Um, and finally, remember tomorrow we're dropping a new episode. I'm gonna keep it a bit of surprise. So when you see it, hopefully you're gonna enjoy it. And as I said at the beginning, on Thursday, we're gonna be doing this similar session, but for a Spanish community. Uh, remember anything that you need support, anything, feel free to reach out to me, to my team, anything we're here to help. No commitment at all. And yes, hopefully you have an amazing day. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe. Wish you an amazing rest of the week and take care guys. Thank you for your time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the e-commerce lab by ecomc. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. While you are at it, we would appreciate it if you could leave an honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. That will make it easier for others to find out about the show and benefit from it. Want more? Visit our website at www.ecomc.com where you can get your first consultation for free. Or Find us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn at ecomc.